Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Healthy Perspectives podcast. Thanks for joining us for today's journey, and I hope you enjoy. All right, all right. Welcome back. Hey, I want to start off with an apology. Uh, The last couple of episodes that I recorded, I was having some technical difficulties and was struggling to figure out what it was, but I got it figured out now. So the last couple, I'm going to leave them posted because they, the content in there is good. So I apologize that the sound quality is absolutely terrible, um, but it should be uh, you know, still easy to hear, just annoying a little bit, but I don't want to miss the content. Uh, the the other option I would have is to try to re-record, and since I do a lot of this stuff, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I take notes, but then I just go where the information is taking me most of the time, and so to recreate it, uh, it it would be most likely I would end up traveling down a couple of different paths. And I don't want you to miss that content. So I apologize and thanks for returning in spite of uh, the quality that the last couple of episodes have had and we should be back on track now. So uh, with that out of the way, today's uh, I believe statement is I believe tension is a key component to growth. Tension is a key component to growth. Now, getting into this topic, man, I I was just thinking about it, writing down some notes, and I just started thinking, goodness, I could take this anywhere, pretty much. So let's talk about what tension is. Uh, tension is uh, a biological thing, and it's a sociological thing. Now, remember, I'm always coming at the slant, at least for this particular podcast, I'm coming from the slant of the clinical work. So uh, we could get into other uh, dialogue about other areas too. But in terms of clinically, when we're talking about biological, psychological, sociological, cultural, and spiritual, we're, we're really focusing in on uh, the biological uh, and and I'll talk about why that is, and we'll key it into some of the things that we've learned about uh, developmental psychology, uh, because that's that's biological in its in its origin. And then the sociological. Now, cultural is made up of the individuals. Individuals make the culture. So, culture is you can see this uh, this tension and how it's a key to growth in the cultural also. But understand, I'm not going to hit on that in a direct way because it stems from the individuals and the small groups uh, having the influence on the culture. It doesn't typically go the other direction. And that, that is also potentially up for debate. So I'd love to hear your feedback if you think it goes the other way. So biologically... Biologically, tension is something we, one of the easiest places for me to point based on my background as a clinician is toward uh, the the brain development in late uh, childhood, early adolescence. As we are transitioning from being a kid, more black and white concrete thinking into being a teen, which is going to be more typically... Uh, 
you're going to start to see some of the abstract thing, abstract thinking. Now, in this part of the development, in our mind, in our brain, not in our mind, because there's a difference between the mind and the brain, and I can get into that some other time, but in our brain, our, our brain is developing what is called the corpus callosum. Feel free to look it up. It's, it's pretty well known that this, this fiber develops as we're transitioning through uh, early puberty. And why is that significant? Because it expedites the speed at which we are able to uh, move information from the left hemisphere to the right hemisphere, from the center to the outer parts of the brain. And that's a big deal because this is also when we start to see uh, the world more abstractly. Now, abstract thinking is, is a key component to the developmental process. So we go from there is right, there is wrong, there is left, there is right, there is up, there is down, to knowing that all of those things can be true and there might be five right, five wrong options. There might be 50 right options and 50 wrong options. However, in the process of developing our corpus callosum, we misread social cues. And so that tension that exists while the individual develops in a social arena is massive. We cannot underestimate that tension. It is uh, anybody who's survived middle school uh, or high school, they, they understand that there is a real tension there. Now, some people don't necessarily understand what that tension is. And we could get into all the details. I mean, part of the problem that we have with sociology and psychology is there's so many variables, but one of them is we know that tension exists and we know that that in part is created by the corpus callosum and that inability to read social cues accurately. Now, why is that a big deal? Because it's a biological component, which means it's in our nature it's part of our design to begin abstract thinking and to create efficiencies. And in doing that, we sometimes have to generalize things and that inherently will create tension. So our biology is evidence that tension is necessary for development and growth. So that's one aspect. Another, it's socially reinforced. The, the idea that tension is a significant, uh, important piece is that it's socially reinforced. You may look back at some of the other episodes that I've done. In one of them, I talked a bit about how we connect over brokenness. Well, the tension is in that situation, you would have a brokenness and we would be filling that brokenness with a strength that maybe I have or somebody else has. Why do we do that? I'm going to suggest that socially we are designed, one, to be in relationship, which we know that the evidence is uh, unbelievably clear on. We are designed to be in relationship. Obviously, we could have one relationship, 10 relationships, 100 relationships. We don't really need 100 and we probably need more than one because it uncovers blind spots, which I also talked about. But the social reinforcement comes from 
the idea of pain. When we see suffering, there is a natural tendency to want to alleviate suffering. When we are suffering, we want to alleviate our own suffering. And most of the time, others would want to help us alleviate our suffering as well. And yet, sometimes that's not the right social move. If you come to the aid of the, the kid being bullied, then you could become a target of being bullied. Well, we want to help, but we don't necessarily know how to help. And socially, it's reinforced because as we age, as we grow up, we start to see where we fit based on our weaknesses. All right. In the, in the military, uh, when I was in the Marine Corps, uh, they, we used to say all the time, pain is weakness leaving the body. And what essentially we were saying is you got to fight through it. You know, rub a little dirt on it, get up, get going because somebody needs you somewhere. So just figure it out. Pain is just trying to get out, let it go and move forward. Well, socially we, we talk about that right? We talk about the importance of the suffering and then the healing, then the suffering, then the healing. And that tension without the suffering, we don't know what it means to be healed. C.S. Lewis talks about this in the book, The Problem of Pain. And it's, it's a fantastic book. If you haven't read it, go, go get it. It's, it's everywhere. It's super easy to find. The Problem of Pain talks about this exact tension. The problem is we have to have pain to understand joy. It's a necessity. And yet, we don't want pain. Does that mean we also don't want joy? No, we want joy without pain. Uh, another way that I often put it socially is every love story, everyone has pain. And every story of great pain had great love. So it's reinforced socially that one of the key components to growth is, is the real understanding that there is tension, which also gives us a purpose and intent. We can go into a situation and as we identify the tension, we can try to navigate our way into a social, a social position in which we have some level of influence. Maybe we're the idea guy. Maybe we're the connector. Maybe we're, uh, you know, the one who's going to come in and be the healer. There, there's a lot of different roles that need to be played when we have tension. So tension is normal. You can even look at finances. Tension is normal. We look at, uh, uh, for finances as an example, one of the examples there, and this is also reinforced over and over and over as you see in our, in our culture, you'll see that, that when, the, when we have, uh, let's say we're making $75,000, we want more. Once we're making $125,000, we're trying to figure out what to do with the extra. Now, most of you sitting out there are probably going, yeah, that would be a great problem to have. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And yet, it's still a challenge and a tension. How do I use this? 
in order to create the most good for others and for myself? Do I invest it all and think only selfishly? Or do I donate and think selflessly? Right, That tension then is going to begin to creep in there. And it's one of the things, to be honest, uh, I've been very fortunate over the last uh, many years. Uh, I grew up, as many of you know, not very well off. We were actually really poor. But as I grew up and began to make my own money, I started learning real fast that there is this tension between having enough and having excess And that's a real tension. Finding that middle ground is tough. So for those of you out there thinking, yeah, I really would like that problem. There's pros to it. There's also cons to it. What if you have enough and you're not doing enough? You might feel that tension and that challenge, and then it's going to affect your character. Truth be told, uh, one of the quotes, and I don't even remember where I heard this, but I'm going to share it since we're on the finance piece. Uh, one of the the quotes that I heard was, money doesn't change the person. It brings out the character that was always there. So if you're a giver and you have money, you're going to give more. If you're a hoarder and you have money, you're going to hoard more. Keep that in mind as you think about that particular part of the the conversation. Look, I started with tension is a key component to growth. And as I identified some of these tension points, one of my hopes is that you're looking at it and saying to yourself, wow, I have those tensions, right? Identify one or two of these tensions that I, I talked about, biological, sociological, economical, Identify one of those tensions that you have and then start asking your question. The question is, how is this good for my growth? How do I use this to make others and this world a better place? This tension exists for a reason. What's the reason and what's the use? And if any of you start doing that, this will have been a worthwhile 15, 20 minutes, whatever it ends up being. So in conclusion, I really want to wrap up with this. I do believe that tension is a key component to growth. And that discomfort that comes with it is a necessary aspect in order for us to pay attention to what growth needs to happen. So as you go about your day and you feel those tensions, acknowledge them, maybe jot them down on a a note, sticky note or something, and then Figure out what it is that you need to do with it because they do exist for a reason. They are telling you some kind of information that you need. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me and have a wonderful day.